wonder how much of our life is in shadows. Sometime or another, uh, we're going to be there. We're going to be where the sun isn't shining. It's not real bright. And sometimes in the shadows, things aren't clear. Uh, I know what they were singing about. I thought there's a reverse side of that, that if I hear footsteps in the shadows, I'm out of here. I mean, I'm sorry, I, I wish my mind worked different to that sometimes, because I love that song, Jeff and Sherry, I love it. And I know what you were singing about, and that part of it is very comforting. But I can remember going to the upstairs bedroom of the old farmhouse up in the north central PA, up out of Westfield, when I was a little boy. And living in an old farmhouse at night when the lights are all turned out and there's no city lights. There's, back then we didn't even have outside dusk to dawn lights. I mean, it'd get dark. And an old farmhouse can make noises at night. Don't bother you in the daytime. But boy, at night. And I'd get up in my bedroom. Mom and Dad were downstairs. And under my bed... There was a noise. <laughs> I could still remember peeking over the edge of the bed. I'm telling you, if anything was peeking up at me, I wouldn't even be here. <laughs> and I don't know why I thought of it, but I thought, oh. But you know what? You know what? When you come to know Jesus, absolutely everything changes. Well, I'll tell you, if you're in the shadows and you know that the footsteps are the obvious presence of the Lord, boy, does that help you. No matter what you're going through, I mean in the journey of life, it really helps you. I'm in deep shadow, but Lord, you're here. I like, I've told you, you've heard, many of you have heard in the 46th Psalm, the first verse is, a, is one of those promise box verses. Remember, maybe some of you have a promise box. I know a lot of the old saints had promise boxes. And they'd use them a lot of times in their devotions or, or just in their shadows. And they, if they felt they needed it, they'd pick one of these little papers out of the promise box and it'd have a scripture on it. And this scripture was always included in the promise box. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. But I I read that one time, and it's like the Lord was trying to, well, he was speaking to me. And it's like the beginning of that verse and the ending of that verse were underlined. They weren't. They are now in my Bible. It's like it was bold print and just stood out to me. You know, like when you read sometimes a portion of Scripture, it's very familiar to you, like the 23rd Psalm or something. And, uh, and here that particular day, the Lord just used one verse. Well, for me, he just used a few words in the beginning and ending of, of Psalms 46.1. And to me, it read this way. God is in trouble. 
Doesn't sound right, does it? I mean, depending how you put the inflection on the words, it doesn't sound, and it didn't sound right to me, Brother Byler. Don't look at me that way. He's a good man. It bothers me when he looks at me that way. I don't care about you, but I mean, I do, but I'm going to go back over here. I made somebody nervous last night walking around these steps, so I wanted to give them a little consternation tonight. I hope they took their meds. God is in trouble. And, and when it stood out to me, and it did, it stood out to me, Brother Sherman, strong enough that it got my attention. And I kind of stepped back. I said, how can this be? I mean, anything God's ever done, anything God's ever said, anything God's ever thought, how can God be in trouble? Pretty quickly, he came to me and said, Harry, the reason I'm in trouble is because that's where I first found you. That's where I find people all the time. He reminded me nobody ever comes to me. But what, the first time at least they come, they're in trouble. And what if, what if my trouble scared God? That he couldn't come. What if I was in such a mess, and I was, that God shied away from it, wouldn't wouldn't step up close? But do you know what I've found? I've found that God can come right into the alley that you're in. God can come down the Podunk Dirt Road, that's your address. God's not afraid to approach any situation, any person. It doesn't confuse him. It doesn't intimidate him. God's able to come there. And I, I like to remind people that no matter where sin's got you, no matter where you're found tonight. Because some of us had well nigh given up. Well nigh given up for one that anybody even cared. And number two, if they did care, they couldn't do anything about it. And some of us had pretty well thought, you know what? He's helped them and he's helped them and he's helped them. But you don't have any idea where I'm at. And we'd almost given up. And Jeff and Sherry, in the deep shadows of where we are, we heard footsteps. We heard footsteps. The holy, stately treadings of the Holy Ghost drew up to the side of a poor lost sinner boy. God reached out. In a congregation like this, full of people, God showed special attention to a teenage boy. I don't know what anybody else got out of that service that night, and I have no clue 
what was preached that night, but the Holy Ghost walked in our midst and stepped up to the side of a teenage boy. And you can say what you want to. Fairy tale, fancy, fable. You can say what you want to. He put his arm around a poor lost sinner boy and gave him hope. Gave him hope. When he didn't know how to pray, Jesus came to me. You can say what you want to. If it's a fairy tale, then I'm going to keep reading it and keep telling it because it transformed my life. Hallelujah. It broke the power of, of, of sin and set me free. Delivered me from the habits of my wrongdoing. And set me on a holy way. Brought me in and put me into a bunch like this. Could you imagine that? Who'd ever think to do something like that to anybody? And I'm enjoying the journey. Praise God. I love God's people, don't you? <laughs> oh, man. God is. We could, I mean, any preacher worth his salt could preach right there. God is. He is. Almighty God. Boy, because he is, that makes us reckon, doesn't it? Makes us look once in a while at the tally sheet. I just love the jump board of the song because I know that, that the whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. I know for every man and woman, boy and girl, if they don't up to it, Jesus came to us when our life was pretty dark. Characterized by shadow. Wonder if the sun will ever shine. And God stepped on the scene. And wherever God is, wherever God comes to, immediately, immediately, potential and possibility and the power to make things happen, presents itself to us. Hallelujah. Some of us were so bound by habit. Oh, there's some ugly habits, aren't there, that get us in trouble. I, I didn't get involved in some of them. I, I, I never became a smoker. I wanted to. I used to sneak out back and roll my homework up around some corn silk. I thought that was just about as good a use I could put, put it to. It didn't hurt or help my grades. Well, mostly because you couldn't hurt them. I know there's valedictorians here, and we're glad you're here. But some of us had to keep the grade curve down where it's reachable. Okay? Besides, I found out mo nobody likes valedictorians. <laughs> if you're a valedictorian, don't take that to heart. We like you, just not too much. <laughs> well, you tell me, you tell me who it is that sin doesn't get them into the dark. 
You tell me that sin ever enlightens anybody. Ever shows us the way that's worth anything. And ever takes us all the way through to the end of it. And we're better for it. I don't care what sin is, and I don't care what the habit of sin is. Anyway, oh, back, I was going to, I was going to smoke. <laughs> and my cousin, I remember one time, snuck me a cigar. Darrow gave me a cigar. I can't remember what the occasion was, and, and he was passing them out, some kind of an occasion. And he gave me a cigar. I didn't let Dad and Mom know it, because Dad... My, my folks weren't Christians, but they had some good principle. They didn't want me to drink, and they didn't want me to smoke, and they didn't want me to steal, and a lot of things they didn't want me to do, and they didn't want me to go to church. So a lot of things they didn't want me to do. But I snuck out to the chicken coop, closed the back door. There was two sections to it. Got into the second section, closed the door, and, and sat down in the chicken coop with my back to it so nobody could open it. And lit up the cigar. And I'm telling you, I puffed that thing and, and got sicker than a dog if a dog gets sick. And it cured me. It cured me. I never had a desire to smoke even my corn silk after that. So there's some things I didn't get involved in. But sin never does us any good. Sin always gets us in trouble. And it gets us in trouble and, and then it mocks us. It mocks us. You know, sin, sin's temptation is always the billboard. I've painted this picture before. There used to be on Williamsport Mountain up on Route 15, just before you crest the hill and come to the overview of the city there on the left, there used to be a huge old billboard that was beautiful. It was a, it was a country mountain stream flowing down through the woods and laying, laying in the water of that, of that stream was an amber bottle advertising Genesee beer. Genesee beer was made in New York State and um, the brewery. And, and, and coming out of that water, the way they had placed it, I, I can't, I mean, I don't even know why I'm trying to paint the picture of such a billboard, but it was pretty. And, and the bottle, the amber bottle, I mean, there's, was sort of pretty. And on a hot summer day, when you're thirsty, you would see that billboard, and that amber bottle, the part that was out of the water, had beads of condensation on it, giving the idea that the stream, the mountain stream, was so cold, spring-fed, that it cooled that bottle in a hot summer day. See, look at this crowd over here is about ready to take a drink. <laughs> I better go back over here where Jeff Stratton is. Over here it's melt. But I mean, it looked so good, Barry Arnold, that you wanted to, you know, and that was the enticement. That was the advertisement. That was the graphic designer's idea. To make you want it. To make it appealing. 
to get you connected. But see, they never painted the picture of when my wife and I got married and went from Markle, Indiana to the inner city of Binghamton, New York to pastor our first pastor at the city rescue mission. They never, they never paint the picture of Johnny Igo that lived on Washington Street, which was our address. The red light district of Binghamton back then. Johnny and his four brothers and his one sister all lived on that street and all of them were drunks. They would tell you, I'm not putting them down, they would tell you. Wasted lives. Never show you the picture of Johnny staggering down the street of a night. And more than once, under the influence of that bottle, or one like it, more than once, fall into the gutter. covered with dirt and vomit and where he'd wet himself he would tell me more than once crying and sobbing I can't help it I've lost everything valuable my home my reputation my will to live Way different than the beauty of, of that. Now a life completely in the shadows. If ever there had been a ray of hope and potential and possibility. And you know, you look over a crowd like this tonight. And there's young people and there's, there's even a few urchins. Mingled amongst some of the elders. Olders ancients that are gathered here this evening. And you look at them and, and you see the potential in them. You look at their personalities. You, you, you look at, at their talents. And you dream. And there's light and there's hope and it's, it can be bright. And then the devil, by his influence, I don't even like to give him credit, but he gets in and blasts the hopes. Steals the talents. And what was so much potential... What could be by the great hand of God is gone. But I don't like to leave it that way. I know it is that way, and I've seen it, and I've experienced it, and, and it's touched into my home, and my family. I've, I've told the story of years way, way back before my time, though, 
but there was a story of a tall, slender girl that used to have a night toward the weekend hooked the horse up to the buggy, the buckboard it was, and drive the few miles into town from the family farm. And the night, fairly late for a girl to even be out, she'd be there with the buckboard and drive the streets of the little town. As the story was told me, and more than once she'd find what she's looking for, an old man slumped in the gutter like I described Johnny Igo. And she'd get out of the buckboard. Later on, she'd use the car when they had one, because it happened numerous times. And sometimes her classmates would see her and kind of tee-hee and laugh. But she didn't care, because that, that drunk was, was her grandpa. And she'd come to town to get him. And she'd use all the strength she could muster to get him up and get him in the buckboard or get him in the car and take him home and clean him up best she could and put him to bed. And that, that woman was my mom. So I'm not preaching about somebody else. I'm saying sin comes and steps into your door, doorway. Sin comes and tempts those that are the most precious to you. Sin comes and wherever it comes, trouble. Wherever it comes, trouble. Never triumph. Never blessing. That's the thing you learn about sin. No matter, no matter what it advertises, it never entirely delivers the goods. Always a bitter aftertaste. Way of the transgressor is always hard. Always leads to trouble. The fact is, sin gets us to a place that there's not a one of us, regardless of of our thought process, regardless of our physical strength, regardless of our talent, regardless of our personality or our heritage, not a one of us that can pull ourselves out of the ditch and the difficulty and the depravity and the dirt of sin. But God is. Jeff and Sherry, you you had it right tonight that when I'm in the shadows of my own making, when I'm in the trouble of the darkness of my own sin, in the shadows, I can hear footsteps. And the other take on that, standing somewhere. At first, maybe not readily seen. But standing somewhere in the shadows. Praise God. 
you'll find Jesus. Do you realize what a great hope that is? Do you realize what a potential help that is? The truth of that song they sang tonight that coincides with the psalmist in Psalm 46, God is in trouble. He's there because there's somebody. He's there because somebody here in a special way needs him. I know there's nothing new about this message at all this evening. It's rather simplistic. But it's, it's realism as to where we're found. It's a reality as to where God first finds us. And Lord, if, if for any reason you sidestepped and worked around it, and left us there. That's where we'd remain. There would be no help. There would be no hope. But I want to tell you tonight, and of course, Lebanon has always been a church that's recognized this. I mean that sincerely. It's one thing that I've admired about the congregation here in the years that I've been privileged to come off and on. Is that Come a Sunday morning, the buses roll. Going through the streets of of Lebanon and roundabout. Stopping at places. And when you observe, and I'm not putting down at all, but when you observe the kids and the people that come and get on those buses. And realize that every bus is a light. A light shining in a dark place for a people that are sitting in darkness. A light has come. They've seen a light. Christ comes. It always begins to brighten. And I want to tell you, for people that are used to it, that have been preached to over and over and over again, if there's any shadow, any darkness that's difficult, it's the kind that settles in close and wraps around and we become almost accustomed to. But if the truth were known, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because it's been a long time since we've heard from God. been a long time since we've really known personal victory more than just a tradition or more than just the same old. Something that's real, something that's fresh, something that's intensely personal. Something that recognizes, I know I'm using it a lot tonight, but it blessed my heart, something that recognizes those footsteps in the dark. Something that resonates when it hears the voice. What is it about Jesus that passing by he could say, follow me? Is it his appearance? Is it his eye? Is it his gesture? 
Is it his voice? I don't know altogether, but I know this, that divinely he speaks your language. He knows how to attract you. You say what you want to. He knows how to deal with you. We sure don't. Always, I mean. Some of you, I mean. I mean, one or two of you. Or maybe perhaps somebody else. I love the people of God, but some of them are strange, aren't they? Have you noticed that? Strangers and pilgrims, and some of them are, they don't come no stranger. (laughs) I've told all over the country, God saved me and threw me into the lap of a few little old snaggletooth women like we have here. You know what I mean? I don't mean you. I mean, don't, don't take it personal unless it's, unless it is. You know what I mean? I've told it all over the place, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. God, and the reason, and, and, and while I make it a little bit of fun, ladies, forgive me, sort of. But while I'm picking on you a little bit, I don't mean it that way because if it weren't for those little old ladies holding those churches together, Brother Jeff, that church wouldn't have been there for me by the time I got around to get saved. It had been long gone, but those little old ladies held it together. I mean, you'd have had to know them. Ma Perry and Aunt Levisa, they called them. I mean, they didn't have talent. I know they weren't valedictorians. They weren't a whole lot to look at. I've said if they, they couldn't have won a beauty contest if they're the only one entered. <laughs> but they knew God. They knew God. And here I am, a teenage boy. I mean, I'm, I'm fresh off the Countess We Valley basketball team. What did they know about dribbling a basketball or shooting a jump shot or anything like that? As far as that knows goes, what did I know about it? <laughs> I'm just saying they knew God. And you know what, Barry Arnold? They'd, they'd meet me Sunday night back at the door knowing I'm going to go to school tomorrow. Didn't have a lot of it because I got saved right about a month or so before school was out. But still, just got saved. And they'd say, Harry, God's going to keep you. You keep true to him. He's going to keep you. He's going to be with you. He's going to help you. And you know what? Leonard Rob, I believed them. I believed those ladies. And I'm, I'm forever indebted to the fact that they didn't have a whole lot to contribute. But, but they knew God and they wanted to encourage a little young upstart babe in Christ. And they did that. And I'm still here and still in the faith and still going with God. In part because of the investment of no-name people that never were marquee. Never platform people. But they were true blue. Why? Because they too, in their way, in their story, got in trouble. And God came there. God stepped into their trouble. I don't know if this is making a lot of sense tonight. I've 
Never tried to really exactly preach it this way, I guess, but I admit I like to hobby write it as far as the idea that I know that God cares about a sinner and he comes to where a sinner is and when I couldn't go to where he was, he came to me. And that happened before the, the Southern Gospel crowd started singing about it. That happened before I knew anything about that. God came to me. And when he came to me, I knew it. And while it stood out to me a while back, God is in trouble for you. It doesn't negate the fact of what it says, for God is our refuge. And oh, how I needed one. I quit running from God and ran to him. And he became my refuge. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help. At conference, they have roll call. It always amazed me. How do you determine? Do you say here or present? Or are you like Nathan Schaefer and say presently here? <laughs> but, but what I like is standing somewhere in the shadows. When you need him. He says, here, present. I know that's simplistic, but I also know that there are times, Brother Walter, when I, I need somebody to show up. I need somebody that can make the difference show up. I'm in trouble, and he says, I am a very present help in time of trouble. And boy, in no small measure, revival, we don't maybe think of it this way often, but revival is a time when God comes on purpose for anybody that's any measure of trouble. I wouldn't be able to guess in any of these sections. I wouldn't be able to guess who might be in trouble. But Brother Walter, I'd have to believe that in a crowd this size, just because I know sometimes life isn't fair, And while I don't want to give him credit, I know the devil is still there. I have to believe that sometimes we come and behind our firm handshake and our ready smile, sometimes there's a whole lot of trouble. Now trouble can come from all kinds of places and sources. And God's able for every single one of them. Every one of them. There's not a person in any section 
that God the Holy Ghost will allow to fall through the cracks. If you do it, it's going to be deliberate on your part because he offers to you. He comes searching for you and he sees you and he never overlooks. We can miss it. I've been accused sometime of walking amongst people and I had somebody say, you walked right by me, man. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't do it on purpose to slight you. I just didn't want to shake hands with you. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't mean it that way. But, you know, you can. I mean, we can, we can slight people. I mean, we just, we aren't alert. Some of you are pretty alert. Some of you, <laughs> well, it's okay. I mean, there's spotlights and then there's nightlights. And sometimes you look at people and you wonder, oh, I've got to change that bulb. <laughs> I can't help it. I do. I look at some people and think, oh, there used to be somebody there, but I don't know now. Mm. That's why I'm trying to tell you, Jesus never makes those kind of mistakes. He never does. He never does. He knows you entirely. He knows what you're going through. And... And the good thing is, he cares. He cares. Oh, let's not be reluctant to avail ourselves of, of the place of prayer where we can renew our strength in the Lord. He is here. Never do you have to seek him. And wait and wait and wait as though he's to show up. He's a very present help in time of trouble. I wish there was a way I could express it more powerfully that if there's a need somewhere here tonight, you'd feel the liberty and the initiative to, to come to Jesus and let him deal with it. Nothing's too small and nothing is too big but what God's able for it. And really, it doesn't matter if we've been on the journey for years. There's no shame in just drawing up close to Jesus. And sometimes revival's got to start with some of the best that are amongst us. You're good people. God. Well, God's presence here, I mean, tonight even in the pre-service, in the service, I mean, God's presence. Oh, I thank God that he cares enough. He cares enough that he shows up. Yes, he does. He shows up. And if you and I will say, Lord, don't let me fall by the wayside. Don't let me drift with the tide. Don't let me get complacent. Don't, don't let me get so used to this that it, uh, it loses its, its glamour and its glory. And Oh, don't let that happen, Lord. Keep us fresh. Keep us filled. Oh, keep us on fire. Oh, God, if, if we're fresh and on fire and full of His Spirit, I believe the shadows will roll away. I believe it's, a, it's, it's walking in light. And they that, that, that have sat in darkness have seen a great light. A great light. Not a little flickering 
anything but a great light. And what a joy to walk with God. Hallelujah. Have you had a bad day? You ain't? To misuse the king's English? In case there's an English teacher here? Want him to get something out of this. Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, for just a minute tonight, as we've rambled through this message that we felt that you laid on our heart, and the Strattons sang right into it this evening. But Lord, how, how can we really realize how much you're in trouble because you're there to help us again and again and again. But Lord, perhaps tonight, second night of revival, maybe tonight here at the church there's somebody that they find themselves in some manner of trouble again. And perhaps, Lord, it is spiritual trouble, by far the worst to be in. But if they are, would you help them wisely to come to you? Would you help them to seek you? Would you encourage them that they're not hopeless? And with your help, they're not helpless. Would you give them victory tonight? So I wonder, sitting right where you are tonight, before we dismiss, with no pressure, but with a sincere invitation, if there's somebody here, we're serious about revival. And if we'll mind God, if we'll come to him, bring your trouble. Come to him right in your trouble and see what he can do for you in it. He's our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Is there somebody that needs to just get up? Do that much of your own volition. Just get up and come to the altar and let us have a time of prayer with you before we go home tonight. Is there anybody like that from any of the sections this evening? You're serious enough about your own personal relationship with God, outwardly and inwardly, that you just like to get up and come and pray about it tonight. Let God search your heart. And let God reach down to you. You don't have to reveal to us the nature of any of your trouble. But oh, I'd like you to bring it to him. Anybody here that needs to do that tonight? Needs to come and talk with Jesus? He's here. He's here. People have been praying. People that care about you have been praying. And the invitation's yours tonight. If somebody needs to just get up and come and pray. There's people here that care about you and love you. and They'll pray with you. We've got time to do that. Anybody want to come and pray before we go? Amen. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep trusting the Lord to help us. 
We'll keep trust the Lord that it'll get better and better and better. You keep coming, bring somebody with you if you can con- convince them to come with you. If not, you come back to yourself, okay? Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, go with us. Keep your hand upon this good crowd. Remember others that have listened in. And, O oh Lord, wherever there's any measure of trouble, would you please come to us and help us and keep us out of sin, keep us close to God, help us to walk the straight and narrow way of holiness. We'll give you thanks and praise tonight, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shake hands with as many people sitting in the same section you are as you can. That might only be one or two, but then you're dismissed.